Uh, bless God. Bless the Lord. It's lovely to be with you guys once again. Thank you for that wonderful, energetic uh, introduction there. That was absolutely wonderful, bro. Praise God. It's good to be here on Father's Day, amen? Let me see how many fathers are in the house today. Awesome. You know, fathers, God has a special plan for all of our lives. And, and even though Pastor Phil did a fantastic job of uh, introducing me just now and saying that I was able to bring my children forth by myself, it's not quite true. It's, it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but, uh, but that's okay. Us, us preachers, we can, we can deal with it when we're speaking evangelistically, right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come in Jesus' name to your word. And we thank you, Lord, that from the day of creation, you knew that we were all in your hands. You knew that we were all in your presence. You knew that we were all desired by your heart to know and to walk with and to, 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 to develop and to strengthen us so that we could bring glory to you and that as we give glory to you in our lives, Lord God, our lives would be blessed. And I pray, Father, that as we examine your word today, that your word would speak not only to the fathers, but to the mothers and to the sons and the daughters in this house. Help us, Lord, to know you greater through your word. And everyone who believed said, Amen. 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 So I am the father of, uh, of five kids. And I want to share with you guys this morning a message from the Word of God about parenting, about fathering, and what I've learnt on the journey of being a dad of five kids. Uh, about, for those of you who don't know, many might not, some may, about five years ago through a great tragedy, my kid's mum passed away and she went to heaven to be with Jesus. And so at that point in time, I had to ask the question of the Lord, now, how do I step into this place and how do I be a dad to these kids? And I've got one son and then four daughters. And so I'm feeling a little bit outnumbered, you know what I'm talking about. My son and I, we often joke, we feel like, uh, like a couple of islands of masculinity in an ocean of estrogen. <laughs> There's just words and emotions and feelings everywhere. And, and we put our foot in it sometimes. And I'm cast on the Lord to, to give me wisdom and give me guidance. And I want to share with you guys a Scripture that God has built me through. You know, you, you never know what life is going to throw at you. But one of the amazing things is if you dare to go to God's living Word, He will speak words to you that are exactly where you are in that moment. And as I examine this passage of Scripture, it's in 1 John chapter 2, and we're going to go to verses 12, 13, and 14. I started asking the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 40-something-year-old dad now, and I have a 16-year-old going down to an 11-year-old. God, how do I parent these kids? Because their needs are so different. What they, what they expect from me is so different different across all of their personalities as well. And the Lord led me to this passage and I want to share it with you guys and draw out a few things from this and, and hopefully apply it to all of our lives. Let's read together. I'm reading from the New King James if my Bible's a little different to yours. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. and They're forgiven you for His name's sake. 
I write to you, fathers, because you have known Him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. And now, when the Bible starts to repeat itself, it's there for us to examine and look into. So again, he starts to repeat himself here. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known Him who is from the beginning. And I've written to you, young men, because you are strong. The Word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. And as I started to pray about this passage and ruminate on this passage, I put together this little study in my workbook that I was working on. And from that, if you guys could put together the graphic that I sent through just before, I've taken these ideas that the Bible teaches us about these three different stages of life. And I've put together all the ideas that are connected into what do we need at these stages of life. And by examining that in the Word of God, I started to see how I could meet the needs of my kids at their different stages of life. And I was like, this is amazing, God. And from this little matrix I want to speak to us this morning, we start off, and I've called this message, if you want to have a title to it, The Growth Code, because God gives us an understanding in His Word of everything that we need to know, right? And so we've got these three stages of life. And if you can see them on the left-hand side there, we've got the children, the young adults, and the parents. And in the children's area, it has these two prescriptions for us to need to know while we're kids, that our sins have been forgiven us and that we know the Father, that we have known the Father. You know, isn't it so true when, when kids come and they, they, they enter the world, they're so sweet and they're so innocent and they're so beautiful and they're made by God. And I remember being a dad and having a, a lounge room full of homeschooling little girls. And we used to, because we used to be on the road a lot, traveling internationally with, and around Australia with ministry. And so when we'd be back in Australia, we'd be, we'd be sitting there and the kids would be singing these worship songs. And I'd walk into the lounge room and see my two-year-old and my four-year-old sitting there singing songs to, about Jesus, you're my superhero, you're my star, you're my best friend. And thinking to myself, wow, they're so simple, they're so innocent. All they really need to know is that, that God has forgiven their sins, that they're loved of the Lord, and that, that they have been known by the Father. And it's those simple kids' songs that are still so powerful. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. When we're a kid, we don't need to know more than that. Because as a child, if you see on the right-hand side, our big need in that stage of life is just to belong. But if we hit that stage of life and we find a place where we don't belong, wounds come in, don't they? Difficulties and hardships and feelings of rejection and feelings like we don't connect. And it's funny because if we don't get that big need met at that young age, all kinds of behaviour can follow on that try to help us meet the need that's been unmet at the most primary part of our life. But I want to say to us as we go through this and examine these ideas that really, really and truly, if we have missed out on something, if we've felt rejected or if we've felt cut to pieces or if we've felt pushed aside by the world around us or the relationships that we've been in, I want to say to you this, that God can make up for anything that man failed with us. Amen? Amen. 
and in fathering and in mothering as well, ladies, because here in this passage, I don't believe this is like gender specific and women are left you know, out in the cold with no revelation here. We're dealing with a society where it was extremely dangerous to live when the Bible was written. You know, the average age of death was about 30 to 35. You know, in this age, when you reach about seven or eight, it was so dangerous to live that what you would be placed with with your parents is either a job in the family business or somewhere out there in the community where you could learn a trade so that by the time you hit 12, you could fend for yourself and you could earn a living because oftentimes winter would come and people would die because a cold got them. So in this, in this particular world that we're living in, when this scripture is written, children have to understand that the life was not a pretty place. And then by the time they hit 12, they were often coupled off and married by the time they were sort of 14 to 16. And that's, that's the next passage that we're going to get to here, the young adults. But before we go there, if you've got your Bibles, come with me to the book of Matthew. And we're going to look at chapter 18 and just go straight to verse 6. This is Jesus talking about being great and how do we live in the world and, and understand what it means to be great. And from the start of the passage, we see the disciples in, uh, in verse 2 even, it says here, And Jesus called the, uh, the little children to Him and He sat them in the midst and He said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are, unless you are converted and become as a little child, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives a little child as one of these, like this, receives me. And so in life, that simplicity of a child, God help us to never move past that. Oh, I'm a grown up now and I know, I know what for and I know how the world works. I've just taken on about a couple of months ago, a friend of mine burnt out in the ministry. One of his congregation members called me and she says to me, um, my, the pastor has just closed the church because he's burnt out and he doesn't have anyone to, to take the church onwards. And I'm thinking to myself, my gosh, what do you want me to do here, Lord? And the Lord says to me, go and have a coffee with him and just ask him how he's doing. And so as I was driving up there, the Lord was pulling on my heart with this simplicity of heart, help the guy out. He needs a brother. You got to help him out. And I'm like, but Lord, I've got responsibilities and I've got bookings and I've got things that I have to do and people that I have to speak for and I've got responsibilities with my kids. And the Lord was saying, can you help him out? And that simple word of the Lord that Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so, that kind of simplicity in the love of God, it never leaves you. And God calls us to operate and just be simple in that fashion. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'll help him out. And we sit down and I'm chatting to him and his missus and they're really burnt out. And, and, I, and she looks at me and she said, would you take the church on for us? And the Lord says to me, would you help him out? And I'm like, I, I need to be traveling to the north side of Brisbane every week. You know, like, no, I need like a hole in the head, but you know what? The Lord's love is for this guy. And what can I do except for say yes? Because see, he felt like he had no belonging and he needed a brother to hold him up. He has a dream from the Lord. 
The Lord wakes him up. He calls a friend in the United States. He gets excited. The pair of them are sharing God's stories. And today, that pastor's flying out to his friend's church in West Virginia and he's touring the States for six weeks in ministry. Just like that, the Lord turned this guy around and set him off to go and get restored. Now that's how God works, amen? When we feel like we've got nothing left, Having a brother there that we can belong with, who can help us out and who can support us is incredibly powerful. If we see in Matthew chapter 3, if you've got your Bibles, flip across there with me and we're going to see in verse 13, there's a passage here where Jesus is being, uh, being baptised and, and it says here, Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptised by him and John tried to prevent him. Here's John the Baptist thinking, Jesus wants me to baptise him. John the Baptist says, I need to be baptised by you and you're coming to me. And Jesus said, and he answered and said to him, permit me to do this now, for this is fitting for us to do, to fulfil all righteousness. Then he allowed him and he had been Sorry, when he had been baptised, Jesus came up immediately out of the water and behold, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly, listen to this, the voice came from the Father in heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And I want to say, if we ever feel like our relationship with God moves on from Him owning our love and owning our heart and having the first love toward us and we ever feel like His voice doesn't sound like, hey, this is, you're my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter. My first place in relationship with you is to love you and to know you. If we ever get complicated in our mind and be like, oh, you didn't fulfil this and you didn't do this enough and you haven't been praying enough and you haven't been in the Bible enough and you haven't been giving enough and you haven't been doing enough things to please me. I want to tell you, we've gone into a place that's not a simple relationship with the Lord, Amen. God made us to love Him and to know Him and to walk with Him. And you are His beloved child. And in His making of you, He is well pleased because He doesn't make any rubbish. And this is at the start of Jesus' ministry. Before Jesus had raised one person from the dead or healed one leper, Jesus hadn't done anything for the Lord. And the voice of the Lord over Jesus was, this is my beloved kid. And I love my kid for who my kid is. And I want to say to us as we go forward and remember on Dad's Day, as we're thinking about being a dad or for your mums in the house or thinking about parenting and for you kids as well, have grace for mum and dad sometimes. Maybe they say some stuff that, that comes out of their mind when they didn't quite mean it or they, they spoke out of the wrong mind. But everybody's trying. We're all trying to work together to do God's work in our home, in our family, in our life. And so have grace for parents if they get it wrong. And all the parents said... Hear that? That was the biggest one for the morning. <laughs> but see, what happens is when we know that we belong and belonging matters more than anything, something happens to us. We start to grow and we start to feel like because we belong, we can be something. And the next stage comes along here. Stage two to the young adults. And so the young adults 
in John's day, in the ancient times, were the people from 12 to 16 because they were, they were the young ones who were getting married off and they're about to start their families. Maybe they were going off to war as well. They were the young people. And look what happens when you start to know you belong as you grow in the graces of God and you grow in His, in His wisdom and in His understanding. The Word gives us three factors for young people. And fathers and mothers, we need to be strong enough and big enough to understand that these are the needs of our children when they're growing. They want to be strong. The Word of God is relevant for them. It says here, they are strong. The Word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. And I want to say, when we start to get filled with an understanding of the holiness and the grace and the victories of God, these three things start welling up in us as young people. We get strong in God. When we start to pray and see prayer answered, it's amazing. I'm two weeks into this church up north and uh, at the prayer meeting on a Tuesday night, I'm standing there and I say to the congregation, there's not many there, there's maybe like half a dozen in the whole you know, prayer meeting. And I say, hey, does anyone have any needs here that, needs, you know, that need praying, praying for? And this guy says, well, you know what? I've got prostate cancer. And everybody kind of went quiet. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just step in for this guy like it's my last day on earth, right? That's right. Let's just do it. Let's just believe that God's Word is right, that we can be strong, that the Word of God abides in us and that we can overcome the evil one. So I, we gathered the people around him and we prayed for him. And then on, that was Tuesday night. And then on a Thursday, he calls me through the day and he goes, Hey, Tosh, I just want to let you know. I went to my doctor. They run some tests on me and they can't find the prostate cancer. Glory to God. Amen. It's not my first rodeo and I've I've seen God do incredible work before. But for young people, we've got to understand, young people, God has got better for you than the world can offer. God has got a hundred times better than what the world can offer. When when God looks at you, not only does He see a, a coming and a growing strength, but He sees a future that outlies and lies beyond all the adults in the room. And so when you choose to stand on the Word of God and you say, I'm going to be strong in Him, I'm going to let His Word speak to my life, make a discipline out of getting into God's Word and letting that Word start to build you on the inside, what happens is from those from that place of being a devoted kid and a devoted child of God, you move on. And when you go places, the Word and the strength of God remains inside of you. And that will last a lifetime. And and as you go on in the Lord, you're going to know how to overcome the evil one. And it might be scary to think, oh, the devil. No, no, no. Jesus has already defeated him. And it's up to you to just walk in, in faith in the Word of God and see what He has for you. And then the last part I want to get to right now is a stage for parents. And it says here that we have known him from who uh, he, known him who is from the beginning. So our relationship as a dad, our relationship with our kids as a mum, is to have the power that's within us. After empowering, having the power within us to create belonging, being big enough to release the power of the young ones. People who have been wounded in their development often find it very hard to release the younger ones because they feel threatened. Can I have an amen, parents? Ever notice that moment when you're correcting your kid and you're like, gosh, I sound like my father right now. I sound like my mother right now. 
And I want to just wrap it up here, everybody. As our sister was saying before in, in the communion, Jesus died on the cross, right? But it wasn't just some religious thing that he did. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. It means that because we've all chosen to do the wrong thing, it separates us from God for all of eternity. But when God saw that, He wasn't happy to look upon that and say, oh my gosh, you've done the wrong thing. I hate you now. Get out of my life. It burdened God's heart. And so God turned in Himself and He said, how can I fix this? The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The Bible says He made Him who knew no sin, that's Jesus, to be made into our sin so that we could be made into His righteousness because God is holy and He can't have fellowship with our sin. So He punishes the wages of our sin on Jesus to give us Jesus' righteousness so that when we're covered in Jesus' righteousness, we can come back into relationship with Him. Isn't that awesome? Theologians call that the great exchange. And if I want to offer you that opportunity this morning, it would simply sound like, do you want to receive Jesus' righteousness in your life because Jesus' righteousness is the answer to all the dignity we crave, to all the hope that we look for for the future, for all the, for all the strength that we wish we could find in this world. It's all found as a gift from God to you. We can't find it in our own strength, but we can find it as we let Him into our life. If I could just ask us all to close our eyes and bow our heads and give our neighbours a moment of privacy right now. Most of the people in this room have made this decision before. But if you're here today, checking things out, I want to give you an opportunity to understand what it is that's made a difference for all of us. And it's not our ability or our religiousness. It's about Jesus giving us a new spiritual nature. That's why our life is changed. And if that's you, He's sitting and knocking on the door of your heart. The Bible says, would you open up the door of your heart and let Him in? And if that's you right now, just do that. Let Him come in and He'll wash away your regrets. He'll wash away your bad habits. He'll wash away your past. It won't happen overnight. But by His presence in your life, He'll start to make you the best version of yourself. If that's you, just let Him in right now. And I want to pray for you, those of you who are doing that right now. A simple little prayer of dedication. I'm going to pray it phrase by phrase and I'm going to ask everybody in the room to pray it along with me in a moment's time. But before we pray it, I want to know who I'm praying for. And if that's you, I want you to be strong right now. I want you to take courage and understand that God's got a future for you. And just let me know while no one's looking around by the raising of your hand and say, Tosh, that's me. I want to do that. Pray for me. There might be one person in the room. There might be more. But if that's you, just let me see your hand right now. If I see your hand down there, you can put that down. I see your other hand on the front row up here. Anybody else? Someone down here in the middle, you can put your hand down. Four, I see four or five. Anyone else? You want to do that right now? I'm not going to push it because God doesn't push Himself, but I just hate for you to miss this opportunity. I see your hand over there. So anybody else? Real quick. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I come and give my life to you. I ask for your forgiveness. I thank you for your promise of eternal life. Amen. Put your hands together for these ones today, friends. Amen. The Bible says 
that all, all things have passed and everything's become new. If you did that for the first time today or the first time in a long time, I'm promising you that God takes that seriously and your life's going to change and change for the better. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.